Hello and welcome to the Pinch Magic podcast with me, Rebecca Renewin. So this weekend is my favourite, well, I say my favourite, I actually have three favourite sabbats. So a sabbat is a fighter is a turning of the wheel of the year. It's a mark of transition from one season to the next in like a, oh, I suppose you could roughly call it like a Celtic wheel. They um, There are eight festivals and three of my favourite two are now. So in the Northern Hemisphere, we have Beltane, May Day, the 1st of May. So in Celtic tradition, you would celebrate the night before. So that is Saturday night into Sunday morning. So we traditionally see that as the 1st of May. And then my other favourite celebration that's going on this weekend is if you're in the Southern Hemisphere is Samhain. And then if you're interested, my next favourite one is Lamas on the 1st of August here in the Northern Hemisphere. There is something about these energy, all three of them, but particularly this weekend, there's something really powerful about these energies, whether you're in the north or the south. Um, it's almost like in the in the north here, the land is the most fully expressed. It's the last days of spring. We're going into summer. If you look around you, everything is rich, colourful and fertile. This is the night where the, the, fl- the flower maidens would go off with the oak king. And it's fertile, it's rich, it's abundant. If you look around us here in the north right now, you know, the hawthorns are out, the blossoms are out, the beautiful colours of the flowers are coming through. Everything feels rich and alive and abundant and fruitful. In the Southern Hemisphere, the energy is at the lowest. Sorry, correction. The energy is very, very strong, but it goes inwards. Where here in the North, everything's like, look at me, look how rich and fertile I am. (laughs) Look at me, bees, come and get me. (laughs) Come and get my pollen. I'm so beautiful. Come and pollinate me. In the Southern Hemisphere, it's that same potent energy, but this time it's gone inwards. It's a real like stepping into the darkness as we go from autumn into winter. Both the north and the south right now, they there's an expression like the veil is at the thinnest. And you're probably very aware of this with Sawam. It's that energy of like connecting with the ancestors when the veil is the thinnest and we can like connect with our intuition more. Whereas here in the north, the veil is also at the thinnest, but this is to connect with the fairy folk. This is to connect with the richness and fertility of nature. And I think these festivals are really important to honour because, yes, it's lovely to connect in with tradition and any chance for a bit of a celebration. But there are actually moments just for us to stop, look around and say, actually, the world around me is changing. How is that affecting me? You know, we're very much taught that our energy has to be stable, 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 that we should keep going and going and going and going. And yet our bodies aren't designed like that, especially if you have female hormones. It's like they ebb and they flow. They go up and down. It's like we can see this with with like science and chemicals and hormones. The different hormones give us different energies throughout the month. And yet we still try and keep a very balanced energy and yet right now we can see that may is like outward expression let's go and Samhain's like oh let's rest and go into the darkness very very different energies and so you might even notice that oh my goodness yeah 
in the seasons, come spring, you feel ready to go. And maybe in autumn into winter, you're like, oh, you do want to slow down. When the nights draw in, it's like perhaps you do want to spend a bit more time resting and contemplating and reading and just doing things that are a bit quieter. But when spring and summer are here, you're like, let's go out and party. Let's go hiking. And, you know, that might not be true for you. Maybe you're completely the other way around, but there will be a rhythm And when we can work with the seasons, and particularly if we look at like Beltane and Samhain, these are solar festivals. These celebrate and acknowledge and witness how much sun, how much light, how much external energy we have in the world. Whereas when we work with the moon phases, this is more of an internal energy, like rules our emotions. And of course, we have the the new moon on Saturday here in the UK, Saturday evening. Um, So... It will be Saturday for like America, but the probably the next day if you're in the if you're in Australia or the day before. I always get my times wrong. <laughs> I should just not even bother trying. But anyway, the so if you're in the south, this new moon probably feels really new moony with that energy of Samhain. But if you're in the north, I'm having this energy of like Beltane is like yes, let's go, let's party. But very much that new moon energy is like oh, let's rest and sink deep into us. And so all of that said, is actually it just reminds me of something that I think is really important to talk about. Now, of course, I would love to hear how you're celebrating the festivals, if you do celebrate them, and if you want some ideas, come over into our community. Um, I've done a post in there about different ways that you can honour the energies, but if you want more inspiration, just ask, and I will happily give give you more inspiration. Um, however, if we look, first of all, at the Northern Hemisphere, and then we'll look at the Southern Hemisphere, energies right now both of these are essential because we feel these every day in life and it's just a really nice like frame to talk about them through the energy of the sabbats so in the northern hemisphere right now it's all about passion it's all about the fire it's all about sensuality sexuality it's all about pleasure and we're often told that all of that is bad (laughs) don't be too passionate about things don't be too bold don't be too loud don't be too sensual don't be too sexual don't be too all of the things and yet it is a natural state of our being to express all of those maybe not consistently 100% of the time but they are parts of your of your design and yet within that energy of like passion and fire comes the energy of rage and anger And I was having a conversation with someone the other day and they were saying, when was the last time I felt rage? And I thought, that's a really good good question. And I I could think of someone, but it was quite a long, long, long time ago. And um, I actually, she asked me, like, how do you move through rage? And I thought it was a really good question. And when I told her the answer, she was like, oh, my goodness, thank you so much. And she looked really quite overwhelmed by it. So I thought, oh, I'll share it with you, too. Perhaps someone else needs to hear it as well. But we can vilify rage, we can vilify passion, we can vilify anger. And actually, they're really powerful and important emotions. We can judge any emotion as good or bad. That doesn't mean it's true. Now, of course, if you feel anger or rage and you use that to inflict pain, discomfort on yourself or another person, obviously that is not good, okay? But people 
suppress rage. They suppress anger because they think it makes them a bad person to feel it. And actually, it just makes you human. And the thing is, the way I want you to think about rage, anger, and even passion to some degree, is that they are emotions linked to the element of fire. And if we think of the element of fire, it's essential for human life for a start. We'd be very, very chilly without it. But fire, think about what fire does. Fire burns stuff to the floor, which is why some people are afraid of it. But sometimes things need to be burnt to the floor, metaphorically. And actually, even, you know, they do a lot of land management by burning burning the trees and it creates a richer, more fertile soil for the next growth to come through. So sometimes stuff needs to be burned to the floor. We need to have that fresh start, new beginning. And sometimes that fire can create change by forging change, by shaping and moulding that change. It doesn't have to be burnt to the ground. And so when we feel anger, rage, frustration, it's our it's our moment to say, okay, I feel this emotion. Why? What is this emotion telling me? Because all emotions are there to tell us something. And so you feel that emotion and you say, okay, why am I feeling rage right now? And usually it's because someone's crossed your boundary. Somebody has um, dishonoured a value that's important to you. Okay. And so it tells you straight away, oh, warning, warning, someone's done something that harms me. Yeah. That it, it, maybe harm's a bit strong, but someone's done something that goes against my value system. And so in that moment, you have a choice to make. You can use that anger to go, oh, I need to enforce that boundary. I need to tell that person to stop that behaviour so we can forge change. You don't have to do it from the energy of rage. You don't have to be yelling and shouting, which actually rage isn't really that, but that's often what we associate it with. But you're like, oh, I can create change. I can create a better experience of my life by telling that person to stop that behaviour. I can remove myself from that situation. I can make sure that next time I have more support, I'm clear of my instructions, whatever it is that you need to do. You're like, brilliant, I can create change. Or you can go, do you know what, that person? No, I'm not having them in my life. I'm stopping it. I'm stepping away. And great, burned it, metaphorically burnt it to the floor fresh starts, new beginnings, that person has gone, all that activity has gone, that that food has gone, you know, whatever it was, it's like, stop. Okay, that's your choice. That's how you can use it. Now, I actually love that energy of anger and rage and passion. Again, not <laughs> for long lengths of time, that's not good for our health. But I often, I, well, I always say, if someone comes to me and I'm like, so how do you, you know, what's going on with this situation? How is your life? And they just say, oh yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I have very little desire to work with that person. It's really hard for somebody to make change if everything is nice, if everything is fine. If someone comes to me and they're like, Rebecca, I'm so mad about this thing. I'm like, brilliant, roll my sleeves up, let's go. Because when somebody is annoyed, stressed, angry, ragey, whatever it is, they will create change. Very few people make change in their life when everything is fine. You watch somebody change their entire life when they've had enough, they're furious, they're angry, they're raging, done. Now, of course, 
It comes with a spectrum. There is like, like we've discussed, there's like negative anger when it's destructive um, to yourself and other people, but it can be such a creative energy. And I think because it has such a bad rap, so many people try and avoid anger or rage and with it passion because they think it's too much. They're too much, too emotional, too, 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 too. All of the things you've been told you're too much of before. Too loud, too passionate, too sensual, too sexual, too... All of those things. And so it stops us from stepping into the power of creation. It stops us, ste- it stops us stepping into that power of change. I once read the phrase sacred anger. and I think anger is really sacred or righteous rage. It's like we're allowed to be angry. We are allowed to be um, rageful maybe not vengeful, (laughs) but we can be ragey or whatever that word would be. Rageful, ragey, there'll be something there. And it's like we're allowed to have that energy because it gives us energy, it fuels us, it sparks that fire in our belly to create change. And from that, we can turn it into passion. And from that, we can create change. That's the energy of Beltane right now. And people are afraid to step into the bigness and the boldness of that fire, of those fire energies, of passion, of boldness, of going no more, of allowing that anger to go, oh, something isn't working for me in my life right now. How can I use this fire energy to create change, to move us into the energy that we want more of? Okay, so next time you feel angry, don't feel shame around it. Don't try and hide it. Don't try and bottle it up. Do something to move it through your body. Write about it, journal about it, sing about it, dance about it, drum about it, sweat it out of your body, run, you know, whatever feels good for you. Do something to move it through your body. Emotions are just energy in motion. They're not supposed to stay stagnant, causing harm to ourselves. We're supposed to go, oh, it's an emotion. It's a signpost. It's telling me what I want more of, what I want less of. And then pay attention to its lesson. And when you have that fire in your belly, that's when you can create change. Okay. So that's the the fire energy. But then I also wanted to talk about, and this is like through the lens of Samhain, but again, every area of your life is the energy of the darkness. Because not only are we scared of the light and the brightness of the fire, we're also scared of the darkness. Okay. So it keeps us in a very mono energy that is safe to be in. But we're not here to be a monocrop. We're here to be bold, beautiful, highs and lows and all of the emotions in between. But we're often taught to fear the darkness. That's where the monsters live. Now, of course, just like with rage, I'm not telling you to go around and break things or other people um, or yourself. And the same with the darkness. I'm not suggesting you walk down some dodgy alley in the darkness going, oh, Rebecca said the darkness is a great place to be. (laughs) It's like, still be responsible for your own safety. Um, I live in the countryside. It's very, very dark where I am. We don't have any streetlights. And even sometimes I sit outside in the dark and I've got this paranoia. I'm like, oh my God, a fox is going to come and eat me. And of course, I've you know, no fox is going to come and eat me. (laughs) I I still have this like, oh my goodness, the fox is going to come. Anyway, we all have our we all have our things and that's my one, which is quite weird actually, because I really do love foxes. Anyway, the darkness. We're told that's where the monsters live. So what we do is we fear the darkness. Now, like I said, dodgy dark alleyways, probably best avoided. But if we think of the darkness as that energy that is within us, 
It's the energy of the unknown. It's the energy of the mysteries. It's the energy of intuition. It's the energy of not having all of the answers and being okay with that. Okay, that's what we've been taught to fear. Unless we can prove it under a microscope, our society generally gives it very little value. So when you, you know, if you think about your career choices as a child, did your family want you to go down a air quote scientifically proven route? So maybe like a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, or did they want you to go into the healing arts of being an intuitive? It's like our society really does value intellect and logic well over our intuition. And yet we need both when we only rely on one or the other equally. If you only spend your life being intuitive, um, it's we need both of them, because when you only rely on one, you miss out on a whole load of information that's really essential for you to make choices, good decisions, to know, like to give your it's like we can have an intuitive insight and then we need our logic and reason to bring it to life, to do the systems and the support to help it to come to life. And equally, if we're doing only the logic, we can completely ignore our intuition. We miss out on all of the intuitive ways to know whether we're making the right decision or not, or to look at the nuances. And so what we've done is we completely cut off the intuition. And yet it's in that darkness, it's in that darkness where our power lies. And I often half joking say if I'm ever poorly please don't send me love and light now I know that if anyone did send me love and light they would be doing it from the best intentions but if you think about when someone's healing it's like we want the darkness because think about what happens in the darkness we close our eyes to go to sleep at night we put ourselves we surrender into the darkness when we sleep we heal you know our body regenerates itself it nourishes itself it nurtures ourselves. I joke, I once jokingly said to my editors, I went, all, all the good things happen in the dark. <laughs> Rather flippantly, but there's a little bit of truth in that. You know, when we kiss someone and it's like a beautiful kiss, we close our eyes. You know, it's like, and I'm sure you get up to lots of other lovely things with your eyes closed and in the darkness too. It's like there's a lot of magic happens in the darkness. And so if we can reframe that darkness, it's like, if you think of a energetic womb space, you don't need a natural womb space for this, but it's like that seat of creation. It's that void inside where we can hold the energy to grow something, to nourish it, to nurture it, and then give birth to it. For some people, that might look like children. For some people, that might look like books or art or conversations or relationships or creating beautiful space that they live in. It's like from that darkness comes the seed of a dream. It's from that darkness comes your intuitive thoughts, your your inspirations, your gut feelings, your ability to birth ideas into being. It all comes from that energy of the darkness. And yet we're taught to fear it. So what we do is we shut off the intuition. We shut off that ability to create. We shut off that ability to trust ourselves because it comes from the darkness, that place we can't we can't prove, we can't shine under a spotlight. We can't, you know, make it repeat itself in a series of scientific experiments. And so what we do is we cut off that really important part of ourselves. And so Samhain is asking you to step back into the darkness, to step into that energy of trust, of deep intuition, of reverence for the ancestors, for all that's come before you, to get ready to step into the energy of winter, to be prepared. 
and to gather your resources, all of them, the external and the internal. Whereas in Beltane, it's like everything is externally focused. It's like, yay! It's like, <laughs> we're getting pregnant in the in the north right now. We'll give birth in the summer. And then we are like kind of, I guess, breastfeeding and raising the children <laughs> during during um, Samhain. And so those two energies, like the light and the dark, we avoid. It's like those peak experiences. It's like that outlying energy of the brightest bright and the darkest dark. Because there's something interesting about Beltane for me. It's like technically the peak energy of the earth is midsummer, you know, on the solstice. And yet this energy now in Beltane feels so much richer and stronger. And maybe that's because the brightest, boldest energy is still ahead of us. Whereas when we get to the solstice, that's the longest night of the year. And then we're straight back into the dark, the dark, moving towards the darkness. But there is something about this energy that is the brightest. And, and maybe some people are more afraid of this energy, because, uh, air quotes, afraid of this energy, because it's stepping into your pure potential. And, you know... Especially us Brits, we don't like to be too big for our boots. Or if you're Irish, it's like you don't want to get above your station. Or if you're American, you don't want to be too big for your britches. Or if you were in Australia, you don't want to have tall poppy syndrome. And so this energy is is a hey, look at me energy, just like the plants and the flowers around us. And we don't like that. <laughs> it's like, know your place. Um where, and in Samhain, it's like to go inwards, to trust yourself. And again, we're taught not to trust ourselves, to give our power to external things, external advice, external people. And there is always obviously a balance of all of those things. So whether you're in the Northern Hemisphere or the Southern Hemisphere, how are you feeling about this energy? Are you like, yes, this is amazing. And then take some time to think about how do you feel about the fire energy? How do you feel about passion, about anger, about creativity, about fertility, about richness, ripeness, sensuality, sexuality? Is that something you're really comfortable with and you're just like, yes, 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 more please? In the Southern Hemisphere or just in general, when you think about the darkness, are you like, yes, bring on the darkness? I want to go deep into my inner landscape. I want to be able to trust myself. I want to hear the whispers of my intuition. I want to hear the whispers of my ancestors. Or are you like, oh, no, keep the light on at night? Yeah. Or, oh, quick, turn the light on outside. There might be a fox nibbling my toes. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about the light and the darkness? Because this is a perfect time for you to go, oh my goodness, I hadn't, maybe you hadn't thought about anger or rage as being sacred, as being like the root of creativity. Perhaps you hadn't thought about what would it be like to show up as your biggest, boldest, most vibrant self? Who would celebrate you and who would go, oh, turn it down, please, or tone it down, please? And how can you have more, how can you create more people in your life that support you to be the biggest, brightest, shiniest flower in the garden? And equally, who's there to hold your hand through the darkness, to support you through the darkness, to give you courage to trust yourself? to give you courage and guidance to come back to center to stop looking for the answers outside of yourself in in my witch academy and, the, and there's a particular friend that comes to mind she'd always ask me a question and she's like yeah yeah i know rebecca what do i think 
And it is. It's always like no one else can tell you what to do. And it's so frustrating. Other people can offer you guidance. They can offer you support. They can hold that space for you to find your own answer. But it's your answer is the only one that you're going to do and actually stick with. I spent so, so much of my life looking for someone else to give me the answers. I so wanted someone else to give me the answers. And actually what I worked out was is that I didn't want to take responsibility for myself because if someone else gave me the answers and it didn't work, well, that was on them really, wasn't it? It was like, oh, well, they weren't quite right and I'll just go off and ask someone else. When it sits with me, (laughs) whether that's the passion or the intuition, when it sits with me, how am I going to express myself in the world? How am I going to trust my intuition? Um, Then it's all down to me. I can't turn around and go, well, you know, they just obviously told me something wrong. I'll spend some more time and energy and resources finding the next person to tell me what to do. Now, of course, there's always a time to seek guidance to create systems and structure in your life, but never to give you the final answer that rests with you. And I think that's another reason why we sometimes avoid us being our brightest bright self because the responsibility is us for us to maintain that. And when we hide away from our darkest darkness, because again, we have that responsibility to listen to our intuition. When we get that nudge from the universe, we can't ignore it. We're like, ah, oh, I know that's what I need to do, but that's scary because it's going to require me to create change. And sometimes we don't want to create change. We might not like what we have, but at least it's familiar to us. We know what's going to happen. Whereas if we create change, (laughs) anything could happen. So yes, (laughs) as you can tell, I'd probably talk about these for hours. So do come over into our community link is in the show notes and let me know how you feel about the brightness of who you are and how you feel about the deepness, the darkness within you. How can you celebrate both instead of shying away from them? Have you been taught to, you know, embrace your boldest, boldest, brightest self or have you been taught to embrace the deepest, darkest richness of yourself? Or have you been told to middle ground it? Don't be too big for your boots. Trust trust everything else around you. Everyone else knows better than you. Now, of course, again, I feel like I need to caveat things. There will be people that know more things about some technical stuff than you do. But nobody, nobody is an expert on you and your experience of life. People might be able to guide you on certain things that they have more expertise in, but only if you ask them for that, for it, only if you ask for that guidance. Nobody else has walked in your shoes, had your life experience, live in your situation, in your circumstances. You have to take that ownership for yourself. Now, there's like, like me, it's very easy to sometimes go, oh, someone else can do it for me. Or I'd like someone else to do it for me or tell me the answers. And to a certain degree, they can only ever guide you. You have to make the final answer because you have that power within you. You do know what's best for you. And I can say that with absolute authority because I spent decades searching for it outside of myself only to go, oh yeah, look, it is within me. (laughs) There it is, hiding in plain sight. Um, And anyone else that's walked this path too will likely tell you the same thing, as infuriating as it is. But... (laughs) it's also incredibly liberating and it can take a while and practice to connect with that and that's okay it's a practice because we show up every day and practice now hopefully you are going to be alive for decades and decades and decades and decades to come so you just keep showing up every day today how can I shine a little bit brighter today how can I trust myself a little bit more and that's it 
that little tiny half a degree of choosing you every day after a few weeks, a few months, even a few years is going to result in you fully choosing you, having your own back, living life on your terms. And you're so going to thank yourself for embodying the brightness of who you are and embodying your depth. Even if other people around you don't understand you, that's okay. They're not supposed to. They have to focus on understanding themselves. Okay, so come over into our community. Let me know how you feel about the brightness and the darkness, because they are very important aspects of ourselves that unfortunately we have been taught to tone down, lighten up all of the other stuff. And I really want you to reclaim the magic of you. Okay, so have a fabulous weekend celebrating, honouring, noticing the changes around you and enjoying tomorrow, Saturday's new moon. So I will speak to you again very soon. Bye.